Madness. This is Leah Blonde with John Hook, and we will be speaking for the next 60 minutes or so. Um, thank you for joining us, John. Um, tell us what you have done with Goodman Games, and well, first, we're interested here. Oh, well, first, thank you so much for this invitation. I'm very happy to be here tonight. So, uh, Goodman Games. So, yeah, I... And uh, I have been writing the uh, the last few uh, Age of Cthulhu adventures for Goodman Games. Uh, Goodman Games has a uh, an official uh, license from Chaosium to produce uh, Call of Cthulhu adventures, uh, and the the imprint or the 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 version that uh, Joseph Goodman wants to do is this um, is what he's calling Age of Cthulhu, and the whole premise is that. Uh, these adventures uh, take place. Um, it's it's a globe trotting. Uh, all of the adventures, uh, if anyone kind of actually looks at them and sees, there's a there is a pattern. All these adventures take place outside of uh, the normal Lovecraft country, you know, New England area. Uh, they're all over the world, and um, uh, many of them uh, do skew a little more towards the pulpier side of things, a little more action-oriented. Um, you know, there are a lot of, uh, of amazing, amazing publishers who are doing some just fantastic, uh, very heavy, uh, investigative and dark, and, and that's awesome. And so we're trying to to do dark horror, but also do it with a, with a bit of uh, two-gun... Gu two Flair as well, so okay, uh, and, and and it's been it's been funny because uh, we have seen uh, uh, some uh, some reviews where we're like it's very pulpy, and we're like, thank you, that's that was the money right on the money there. That's what we were going for. Okay. Um, so for myself, uh, I have written um, Age of Cthulhu number seven, uh, titled uh, Timeless Sands of India. Uh, mm -hmm. which, as the title says, takes place in India. Uh, I wrote uh, Age of Cthulhu 8 uh, called uh, Starfall over the Plateau of Lang. Uh, now, which is, I have a question regarding that. Is that supposed to be in a specific time frame, or is it easily transferable to different time frames, like modern day, our 20s, 30s, 1890s? Yep. No, we, and that's a great question. We do... Uh, try and stick in the in the classic 1920s uh, okay. style. Some of them, I think, I think maybe a couple of the adventures were written in for early 30s, but uh, so far the ones that I write are are all somewhere in the 20s, early to late 20s. Uh, you know, for the few that uh, are still taking place within uh, the United States, uh, prohibition is still an issue, that kind of thing, and so we are we are sticking with that. Uh, as far as their uh, their ability to transfer, um, maybe a couple of them. Uh, so uh, a few of the scenarios um, are actually uh, based on historical events. Um, uh, I know there's one. Uh, and of course, the name is uh, the title is escaping me right now. Uh, but it takes place um, in, as it's an Arctic search. Uh, the investigators become part of a team looking for some people, an, an actual historical. I think it's a I think it's a, a ship or maybe it's a plane. 
think it's a ship mm-hmm. that that went off course, got lost in the uh, northern ice and everything. And so you're part of this uh, joint rescue mission with the Russians to go and find it. That was a historical event, except now the author of that one kind of inserted a little bit of Cthulhu mythos with it. Uh, so mm-hmm. that's always a lot of fun. And so yeah, many of our many of these Age of Cthulhu adventures uh, are really dependent upon the 1920s style, it would probably take some some engineering to uh, to take it out of those time periods. So not impossible, but, you know. The, the one that you were speaking of with the, uh, with the American and Russian yes. teams, um, now would that be Transatlantic Terror, number nine? No, no. That's, uh, so Transatlantic Terror is another one that I wrote, uh, and that was a very short adventure. Um, it was actually initially conceived of as a Kickstarter bonus uh, for Starfall over the Plateau of Lang. Uh, that was uh, uh, Goodman Games as a company has started using uh, Kickstarter as a as a as a pretty regular funding model uh, for some of their larger projects, and uh, so in the Age of Cthulhu line. Um, uh, my adventure, Starfall of the Plateau of Lang, was the first to of that line to to go through that Kickstarter process. And so, you know, uh, with that, uh, I'm sure everyone's familiar with the the concept of like uh, stretch goals and that kind of thing. And so, we had a number of different stretch goals with Starfall. One of which was a uh, was a completely separate mini adventure uh, that I wrote uh, called uh, Transatlantic Terror, uh, and that one is. Uh, my my initial concept for that, uh, you're familiar with uh, Call of Cthulhu, the role-playing game, yes? Yeah, yeah, yes, I am. Intimately so, familiar. Yeah. Uh, and so so the the players have all these different occupations that you mm-hmm. can play. And and I had Are this idea... Are you bringing in new occupations? Um, you know, actually, I that's a great idea. I, I, I've been toying with a couple of different occupations, but there's so many out there that with a certain tweak, it's already covered. But I had an idea when I was going to write uh, Transatlantic Terror on uh, what about a scenario where all of the players have the exact same occupation. Oh. So, I, so I, chose, I chose Dilettante. And so in... Transatlantic Terror, if you play with the pre-generated characters that are provided, which is another uh, it's another hallmark of the uh, Age of Cthulhu line, is that uh, every every scenario has pre-gen characters provided with it to make it hopefully as easy as possible for a, a, a keeper to get the uh, module, provide characters, and get started. Uh, so Transatlantic Terror comes with uh, five uh, dilettantes. Well, I, I took a little bit step further and I did my research and I discovered uh, five uh, prominent American families. Uh, so the Rockefellers, the uh, the Kennedys really uh, were also a, a family even in the 20s, um, and, and a few others who... Uh, I, 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 the Vanderbilts uh, was one of them. So I found I found five families um, that really existed, and I created uh, five fictional people to to be part of those families. And so the uh, the players are are these uh, these family members from real American affluent families uh, traveling aboard a uh, uh, a White Star ship. It's a few years after the sinking of the Titanic is when this was set. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it's a uh, you are aboard a White Star ship, um, 
and you're going from London or you're going from New York uh, to Liverpool and then and then on to uh, to London I think after that but uh, and then there's there's something nasty going on uh, I have another question for you uh, you say with the pre-generated characters that come with the scenario um, would this be ideal uh, for a play style. How many sessions do you think it would take? How many hours of gameplay would you think? It it depends. So uh, with my with play it's more testing, of a campaign. It it can feel more like a campaign uh, for like play testing of uh, Starfall of Plateau of Lang. Um, that was a that was a very large adventure. I mean it's it's a it's a that particular book is a it's published as a hardcover. It's 64 pages thick, mm-hmm. uh, and the playtesting on it ran easily. The shortest scenarios or the shortest sessions were eight hours, and it would average between 10 and 12 hours. So it was it was a pretty long game session. It wasn't a, a sit and one and done. Okay. Uh, but other things like Transatlantic Terror, which is a incredibly brief. As far as manuscript is concerned, it's a very brief adventure. Um, I've run it as uh, four-hour uh, convention plays many times, uh, and so yeah. So there's there's a lot of different things. Okay, great. Um, so you, it it does have that flexibility then. So if, it if does. someone okay, so like say the gaming sessions that they have at Nakacon next year. Someone could go in and have something ready for five people, a session, say, an hour. Yep. Ready yep. to go? Yep. So, perfect for concept. For your home setting, uh, the longer ones would be uh, a lot of fun. Oh, definitely. Definitely. We go through, oh gosh, I, I, don't, I don't know what session we're on. Um, James and I, we do a weekly. Uh, Call of Cthulhu for Friday Fungi. Uh, we're doing Mask of Nyarlathotep right now. Nice. Like on five or something, which is really it's it's really a lot of fun. Um, yeah, so, my my personal group. Uh, I'm running them through uh, Day of the Beast right now, or or Fungi from Yagath. So, mm-hmm. whichever title you want to go with, but yeah, we're running through that right now, and they're they're loving it. Excellent. So, Starfall over the Plateau of Lang. I remember seeing something, oh, was it two years ago, about the timeless sands of India. And that that sounded like quite a bit of fun. Um, But Starfall over the Plateau of Lang, tell me more about that. So, yes, that was the book that I did. Um, uh, It it premiered uh, a year ago. Mm -hmm. No, two years ago. It premiered two years ago. At uh, at Gen Con, because um, uh, that was my first Gen Con. I went to Gen Con for the first time in 2014. Oh um, wow! So um, uh, Starfall is uh, is I I like it a lot. It's a I find it a lot of fun. It's a uh, as the name suggests, you know, for those who are who are uh, savvy to uh, uh, Lovecraft storylines, uh, it's it's set in the Dreamlands. Um, uh, in the plateau of Lang, and uh, uh, I, I tried to. One of the pitfalls that um, 
and I find this is true for uh, for investigative uh, adventures in general, um, is is the feeling and and the the, the conception of, of railroading. Uh, it, mm. it can be very easy uh, because the yes. the game master has a has a mystery that the game master is trying to unfold. Um, it can be very uh, linear when the game master is like, you, you, you guys need certain clues, and, and, it, and it really helps if the clues come in a particular order. And so when all that starts occurring, um, uh, the players can get the sense, especially if they're, if they're very experienced players and they're, and they're looking more for immersion versus solving the crime. I mean, some some players get in and, and you discover while you're playing that you really don't care about the crime, do you? You just, you just want to live in this world. And, yeah. and that's great. That's great. But the body count is piling up, right? Let's, let's, false, let's solve this murder and stop the monsters. And, <laughs> um, and so I, I, I really wanted to try and, and, um, uh, even if it was just in some minor way, I wanted to try and solve that problem, even for just a little bit in Starfall over the Plateau of Lang. Uh, and so, of course, being an adventure like that, um, you know, you start in the real world. You start in the waking world. And uh, so the the adventure is really in two halves. You've got your front half where you're in the waking world, you're in the real world and there's and I've presented a mystery and uh, and and so the the players are supposed to be, you know, feeding on that mystery. And then the other half is now you're in the dreamlands and oh god, we sh- we really want to get out of the dreamlands. And so I give an objective some might say quest. Uh, uh-huh. I've, I've I've given them a quest, and and so now they have to achieve that quest. And and that part, the second half, does tend to be a little more linear. It was kind of hard, but but my my solution to try and and hopefully present something that might feel a little more sandboxy, a little more freedom, is um, I think I've got four or five legitimate entries to the dreamlands and mm-hmm. I've had play sessions where groups ended out taking three different ways into the dreamlands. And so I'm having them meet at different time periods and different events are occurring and, 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 and the, the, the they loved it. They loved the fact that, mm-hmm. that not that the whole group didn't have to go through this door in single file. Mm-hmm. You know, some people went this way, and some people went that way, and some people didn't go at all. Some people literally did not go at all, and, <laughs> uh, and they they avoided this completely. And I was like, "That that's all right. You can you can do that." Uh, but those who wanted to to pursue the the mystery to its ultimate end, you know, went in and, and did that. And so so you know, I you know, as an author, you try and bring a little bit of something into each piece of, of work that hopefully someone will uh, latch onto and enjoy. Definitely. And I, I love what you said about the railroading. Mm. Because the, from, from a player's standpoint, it's very frustrating to find yourself in that position. And any way to not be in that position and to be able to still achieve your goal 
and maintain that sandbox, eh, it, that, that gets a big double thumbs up from me. Yeah. Um, always, always, always. And I'm, I'm quite eager to check that out, actually, because I've, I've only been uh, exposed to the single file method of getting into the dreamlands. Like, you must take this drug or you fall asleep. Oh, okay. You know, and, and that's it. Right. So. And, you know, it's like, and like you mentioned uh, Mask of Nyarlathotep that, that you're playing in. Amazing classic campaign, mm -hmm. but it is rife with pulp and rife with railroading. Uh, there are just certain things that you have to go through, and things have to occur in certain orders, and 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 you get a little bit of freedom. Oh, we're going to go to this city or this city in, in a certain order, but but really you're not going to get to get to a certain point until you've collected all the clues and gone through all these different avenues and and there's a couple of different you know clearly TPK sections in there so you know there's a lot of places where okay we're restarting the entire group or we have one survivor or he's babbling from a uh, hospital bed and this other group reforms to avenge them and we'll plop you in here I mean you know so uh, for its flaws, uh, Nyarlathotep, Master Nyarlathotep is a is an amazing, beautiful uh, experience. You know, so yes. it's a great campaign. Yeah, um, as I as I see uh, a, G, a GM of the of the group is like, yes, yes, our group does fight railroading like the plague. Absolutely. And yep. I can I speak from past experience. Yes, it, it's never an enjoyable experience, especially when the entire group feels it with intense, intense amounts of that going on. So, um, all that I could think of when I looked at that cute cover—it's not cute. It, it's wonderful. It's a wonderful cover. <laughs> of Age of Cthulhu 9, The Lost Expedition, is like, oh my god, someone took the troop and just dropped them in Jurassic Park. What's going so, on here? This so, looks like fun. Oh, and first off, I, ha I have to give props to our cover artists and our interiors. Um, the, uh, at least for the three books that, uh, that I've written, uh, Eddie Schramm is the, uh, is the cover painter uh, for my Age of Cthulhu scenarios, and he's amazing. He's amazing. We uh, we go through uh, a little bit of uh, creative design uh, uh, because Joseph will Joseph Goodman. Uh, he'll ask me, "What are your ideas on the cover?" And so, uh, you know, I'm, I I try and give just in text. I'm I'm just writing out, you know, this and that. You know, I'm describing certain things, and I hand it off, and then Eddie Schramm. Uh, does these initial sketches and then they build from sketches into paintings and he interprets what I've what I've conveyed amazingly uh, so that cover is exactly what I had what I had said to him which is which is exactly that yes it's a it's a, it's a mutant it's a mutant t-rex uh, it has uh, it has basically like squid or octopus arms and it's kind of hard to tell, but he has uh, he has compound eyes like a spider, where where he has multiple eye nodes 
Oh, all yes. in his head and everything. Um, so he's 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 quite uh, he's quite grotesque. Um, but uh, and, and this is information that kind of comes across uh, if you read any of the uh, any of the the teaser blurbs uh, for the adventure. So. You know, every time I'm asked, uh, every time Joseph asked me to write these teaser blurbs, I, 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 I hesitate, and I, and I just, I, I give only just this tiny little amount, and, and it never fails. Uh, Joseph will come back and say, "We need more. Give me more. Tell me more." <laughs> and so I feel like I'm giving away some of the, uh, some of the surprises. But he assures me. He says, "No, don't worry about. You know." People want to see this because even though they might know just from reading some of these uh, blurbs certain secrets that might be in there, yeah. they don't know how it's been going to execute. They don't know how it's going to unfold. And knowing just the just a bit of those secrets is is what will draw people in, and and, and they will buy the product. I mean, that's you know we want the people to buy the product and enjoy it and everything. So so I I relent and uh, and uh, so. Um, the adventurers uh, will get whisked away and uh, to a to a faraway land where the elder things are experimenting and have experimented for generations on uh, on dinosaurs. Um, and so this this whole story, this whole adventure, really kind of uh, germinated because uh, uh, I'm I'm a father I I am the father of two young children. Uh, my son is seven. And my daughter is uh, three and a half. Uh, my son Cole has loved dinosaurs, absolutely loved dinosaurs ever since he was two. So, I mean, I've had five solid years of of just dinosaur mania in this house. Um, every every and he loves he loves. Um, Science. He loves he loves discovering the science of dinosaurs and the fossils and the histories and so I've got all kinds of uh, of BBC America uh, videos that are that are focused on dinosaurs and books that I've read him for bedtime and just you know all kinds of stuff and he loves the Jurassic Park movies and everything uh, and so I've been just living with dinosaurs for so long I'm like. Yeah, I, I'm gonna I'm gonna write an adventure and I'm gonna put dinosaurs in it. You're gonna so use was, all of this knowledge for something. I, I'm going to use this for something, and so I've I've decided I've like, you know, who would who who knew the dinosaurs and and the the elder things have been here long enough mm -hmm. that that they know the dinosaurs and another uh, s several things really. Uh, several nuggets really in, uh, infused my brain, and and when I was putting these pieces together, that's that's how the latest, my newest adventure, the Lost Ex Expedition, came into being. Uh, and Lost Expedition is uh, currently not available. It will be uh, uh, as as I noted earlier, there will be a Kickstarter uh, to fund the publication of it, um, and. It will be launching soon. Uh, Joseph uh, doesn't know exactly when, but we're already kind of working in the background as far as like thinking of stretch goals and stuff like that. But hopefully, uh, 
hopefully very soon, maybe even before the end of April or hopefully early May, we'll we'll get uh, we'll get a start date uh, for that Kickstarter. So uh, I'll be sure to let you know as soon as I as soon as I know. But uh, okay. but Please. going back to the going back to the genesis of the story, you know, my my son and his dinosaurs was one, and um, and if you look in the uh, Call of Cthulhu rulebook, uh, and you look under alien technology, mm-hmm. there is a section, and and honestly, it's it's like just two short paragraphs, but it, it's called the white space, and it talks about how the white space is uh, it's basically a conduit, it's a doorway uh, discovered, so not even really constructed by just it was discovered by the elder things and they can use the white space to to travel throughout the galaxy and so I I saw that and I was like I have to use that uh, and so I I well, yeah. It, yeah I mean I'm not aware and I'm sure there are I'm just not aware of any uh, published scenarios that have uh, utilized uh, the the white space. So so I wanted to use the white space. So uh, I I've created a a doorway that the investigators can and should uh, and really will discover. Um, I've des- I've designed what the actual white space is like. What is it like to be in that in that alien conduit? Uh, so non-space or this non-space thing, and I've tried to describe it as best I can. I really can't wait to start seeing the interior art uh, for that, uh, which all the interior art, going back to my artist, is uh, mm-hmm. uh, Bradley K. McDevitt. Okay. Brad McDevitt is 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 a is a veteran of art. He's he's done uh, so much. His his uh, career in game art in the gaming industry art is vast. He's done. He's worked for everybody. He's illustrated everything, and uh, and I just I love his his uh, his take on the mythos. So he does. He's been doing at least for mine. He's done all of the uh, of the interior uh, Age of Cthulhu art, and he also did the cover for that short uh, little transatlantic terror uh, scenario. Oh. Uh, so yeah, that's Brad McDevitt, and he is hands down amazing. Oh, oh yeah, that's beautiful line art. Oh, he's just. And it's uh, it's that pen or scratch paper. It's beautiful. Yeah, he's that uh, Transatlantic Terror. I believe is just pen and ink. Oh okay. So, uh, but yeah, he's he's fantastic. Um, so I can't wait to start seeing uh, any uh, any work that uh, Brad does that that illustrates the white space as as I've described it in the uh, manuscript as the as I've described it for the keepers when they read the scenario and then and then I've given them tips and words to use when they describe it to their players. Mm-hmm. Uh, but so the, the the characters will traverse through this white space and then. Uh, find themselves deposited on basically a planet that is that is uh, a laboratory, right? It's a giant mm-hmm. planetoid petri dish, and this wow. is where this is where uh, elder things have been collecting uh, uh, samples of of dinosaurs from you know hundreds of millions of years ago. Yes, brought them here, but because there was no natural disaster to wipe them out. 
they're still alive here, and they've been experimented upon. You know, there's been DNA testing, genetic testing, uh, by the elder things on these creatures, and so we're seeing vastly changed versions of some of these uh, animals. So, so uh, players will come in and they'll say. Well, I know what a T-Rex is, and I know what a Triceratops is, and I know what this is, and that's kind of like it, but it's not quite, and it's quite different. Uh, so they're going to have that to experiment or to 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 deal with, and then really the third piece that uh, that really hit home for me uh, to try and create this scenario is uh, when you think of elder things. Uh, really, you clearly you think of. Uh, um, uh, mountains at the mountains of madness. You think of that storyline, yes. right? Yes. And the other creature with the elder things are the Shoggoths. Yes. Now, now and Shoggoths, I, I see the T Rex with his lumpy, longer than usual arms. Right. Right. Well, he's been, he's been experimented upon and everything, yes. but but Shoggoths. You know, our, uh, as, as readers, uh, when we experience the story from Lovecraft, and, and honestly, as far as I can tell, as players in the game of Call of Cthulhu, as we experience and encounter Shoggoths in any published adventure, any adventure that I'm aware of, every Shoggoth is, is experienced after the revolution after the Shoggoths uh, threw off their shackles and said, we're going to overthrow our masters, and they fought against the Elder Things and broke away to become their own entities. Well, my thought was, what does a Shoggoth look, and act, look like and how does it act if it is still a subservient slave? What does a tamed and... And, and controlled Shoggoth look like, and what does it act like? And so I put that in the Lost Expedition. Uh, so, so hopefully the players will have that to, uh, to enjoy and encounter. Excellent. So, I, so I, I do like the addition of your white space as a deus ex machina there. That, that's fantastic. <laughs> You know, just in general, I I can see I can see that being grabbed on easily and quickly adopted by keepers. Say easily explainable. This happened because of the white space. So, yep, they have gone away. And you know, have you ever uh, you ever heard of the uh, phenomenon known as the hum? Different regions uh, will will say there's a hum. You know, we hear a hum in the air. It's unexplained. We can't figure out where it's from. Are you, are you familiar with the hum? No. Just you know, Google <laughs> Google the hum, right? Okay. Yeah. So it's a it's a weird auditory phenomenon, and Ooh. and it happens all over the world. Different places uh, will will talk about how they hear this weird noise, and and so I brought that in as well. So. For me, the hum occurs when the door for the white space opens, oh. and so that is that's an audible, that's an audible sound that that we can hear, yeah. uh, when that door is has been opened. Uh, so so okay. there's that in there too. Excellent. 
Oh, man. So you have been making campaigns and, and writing on a professional level uh, to be published for how long? How long would you say you've been writing modules? Wow. Um, so I started writing uh, comic books. Uh, mm -hmm. So I have uh, some um, self-published comics um, that I've done, and and that was fun. I, I enjoyed doing comics, and I would work with artists local here uh, to me here in mm -hmm. Kansas City and, and get things published. Uh, and, and I've even had them distributed, you know, picked up and distributed by Diamond Distributions. So that was a lot of fun. Uh, but I guess I think I've been working in gaming and really specifically uh, Call of Cthulhu. Uh, wow, now probably since 2002, 2003. So yes. it's been a while now. Um, I you know, Chaosium, back before they were uh, reorganized, they, they did reorganize last year, uh, Chaosium would have uh, pretty regularly, uh, they would have an annual contest. Um, and it was a just a brief 5,000-word scenario contest, and um, they would call it their... Uh, their Halloween contest. They would run it typically around in October, and and then uh, and then the the prize was uh, a publication of your adventure in a uh, in what they call mono, monoliths monographs monographs monographs, um, and uh, and a little bit of like store credit or whatever you could use on their on their web store. So I started my first. Uh, game publications were were to that contest. Uh, so I was I was writing and I'm in I'm in four of their uh, contest monographs. Two of mm -hmm. them are Call of Cthulhu Halloween uh, monographs, and two of them are uh, just the BRP their their basic role play engine um, BRP contest. So I've, I'm in four of those. Uh, contest monographs, and from there I just kind of started getting the bug, and you know I would write here and submit it to. There's a there's an online magazine called uh, Proto Dimension magazine. Yes. Mm -hmm. uh, I've I'm I'm in one of their uh, issues. I, I can't remember the number right now, but I wrote a a uh, hundred choice choose your own adventure. Yes. Uh, uh, so it's a it's a Call of Cthulhu. Uh, choose your own adventure. So I, there's a hundred little choices, and you know you start on one, and depending upon what choice or dice roll you make, mm -hmm. you, know, you can you can be re redirected to number twenty-five and thirty-two and yeah. sixteen, and so so that's fun. I I, I enjoy doing that uh, that choose your own adventure. I I uh, where can that be found again? It's in Proto Dimension Magazine. It's online. Mm -hmm. I don't recall the number. I wish I. I think it's like in the twenties. I think I, I can't remember. Uh, I'll have to look that up again. But uh, or maybe number nine. And suddenly that number just jumped into my head. Pro dimension number nine. I don't know. But uh, uh, but yeah, I have a I have a choose your own adventure. Uh, it's it's available for free. You can just go download Proto Dimension magazine, and uh, so that was fun. I wrote that, and uh, I've written for. Um, 
I've submitted and, and had something published with uh, uh, Oscar Rios and his uh, Golden Goblin Press. Uh, I have a scenario. You know, I don't know my resume very well. I'm trying to remember. Uh, I, I'm in. I'm in one of the books that uh, Golden Goblin Press produced, and then, uh, and then I have a. Uh, it was a PDF only stretch goal for a for a different Kickstarter that he ran for a different book, and so, um, so I did that. So I, I I've had a bunch of things to, and going around, and so. Once I actually had a body of work out there, um, I had noticed that uh, Goodman Games was uh, producing these uh, Age of Cthulhu uh, adventures. And I think by the time I uh, started paying to... So as I predicted, here comes a three-year-old. Um, uh, uh, I think by the time I started really noticing and paying attention uh, that that Goodman Games was putting together these like really nicely produced uh, adventures uh, called Age of Cthulhu. I think there was only three of them out at the time, mm-hmm. and um, so I and, and the website, the Goodman Games website, does not have. Uh, writing submission guidelines or, or anything like that that you might... Uh, Again, that can be found at goodman-games.com. Yep, goodman-games.com. Can you, can you say hi, sweetie? No? You want to say hi to the lady? Can you wave? No, you can't wave? No. I got poopy in my diaper. That's awesome. That's awesome. <laughs> can mommy help you? No. Can mommy help you? No. 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 Okay. Daddy. Okay. I I will be. <laughs> so okay. I will be in just a little bit. Okay. Can you? Hey, why don't you curl up on the couch right there, and then I'll be with you in just a minute. Okay. It's okay, John. Can we take a pause? Uh, how, how about I? How about I mute you for just a moment, and okay, then we well, can come I, back I'm gonna and have to... unmute. Okay, I gotta run upstairs and all this stuff, so I'll be okay. I'll be away from keyboard for a bit. It's understandable. All right, I am so sorry. It's okay. <laughs> okay. That happens. Yes. Yes, especially for parents. Okay. I guess. Well, I I'm one I'm, of them, so I understand. I I have no clue. So. <laughs> It does happen, even to the best of us. Yeah, I I figure, you know, <laughs> if I had a poopy diaper, I would want that handled right away. Yeah, it would be something you'd want taken. <laughs> yes. Just saying. Yeah, some, people now, don't, some people don't, but <laughs> his daughter does, so it's all good. That's fine. Yep. Oh, man. <clears throat> That's fine. It, it'll, it'll work itself out shortly. In the meantime, yes. though, I was looking at the uh, the website that has his uh, uh, scenario uh, put up with the artwork and everything. It looks really cool. Yeah, doesn't that look like fun? I mean, I want to play with the I want to play with dinosaurs that have octopus arms. arms. Yes. Freaking frightening. No, it's like I I'll be hiding in a cave. You know, it's like ha ha, I'm in a cave. 
You're I'm in a cave. Tiny, you are not. You have little tiny T-Rex arms. You can't do nothing. <laughs> oh, no. You are mistaken, lady. <laughs> yes. <laughs> but it, it looks like fun, and like you said, if it's if it's not... Um, if it's more open open world, I think that's going to be kind of interesting because, like, like well, especially for our group, our group tends to want to just go do whatever or fight the direction the story's supposed to go tooth and nail, which isn't a bad thing. It's just makes it fun for the uh, DM to... I'm sorry... Not your fault at all. That's how the game's supposed to play. It's just okay. When you're a GM, you it's funny because they give you here. Here's everything you're supposed to do, mm-hmm. and then everyone that plays is like, "We're gonna go do this," and you're like, "Okay, <laughs> sure," and try to take that along with. Exactly. So it'll be interesting. I I hope uh, our group gets to play his. Uh, his scenario, because I think it'll be a lot of fun. Yeah. Um, surprisingly enough, that Starfall over Lang seems uh, seems pretty interesting. Okay. Starfall over the Plateau of Lang, and then also I remember I remember him posting about the Timeless Sands of India a couple of years ago, and it it's shocking how time passes because I didn't realize that was like. Four years ago, <laughs> or three years ago, I thought it was like, oh, last year, you know, no, no. Yeah, no, time, seems, time seems to uh, to uh, passes passes by when you're when you're enjoying yourself because it's. Uh, yeah. I've looked at how long we've been playing our games now, and I'm like, really, it's been that long? How long have we been playing our games now? That would mm-hmm. since 2013. We've been playing for a while, which is great because I honestly enjoy it a lot. Mm-hmm. But it uh, definitely makes it an interesting group because it's like we're used to each other. We know what each other's characters like to do and all mm-hmm. the rest of it. And that was one thing that I brought up on the little sidebar was like when he mentioned that some people go into the the uh, the white uh, – what do you call it again? The white – The white space. The white space. I think it was the white space. Some of our characters would go in no problem, and others would be mm-hmm. like, no, I don't want to do this. Yeah. And uh, by the sounds of it, that would be perfectly all right, because we mm-hmm. ran into that with Mass and our Lithotep, where a bunch of our group jumped into the painting. And oh. one character didn't want to go in the painting. Yeah. And it's like, well, okay then. <laughs> so what do we do? Like... Do I play the character and tick everybody off, or do I break character to continue on with the story? So it should be interesting to see where it goes from there. Oh, oh, that was the Monday night. Yeah. I haven't. Oh, I haven't played in that one in so long. I know. We're we're. Uh, how long? How long has it been? It's been. Uh, hasn't been that long. But uh, we're we're looking forward to seeing if uh, Margot makes another appearance. Margot will come back. Yeah, that'll be fun, especially because uh, should be interesting to say the least to see what happens. So 
Mago! <laughs> Mago! Yeah. Now, she must be fighting him because she shouldn't be taking this long. <laughs> well, maybe maybe it was super poopy. Oh, could be. <laughs> could very well be. I don't. I don't want to. I don't want to. You don't want to picture this. No. This no. non-Euclidean my, scenario. My, my 3D printer was throwing a fit earlier today. We're, we're just going to change the subject. But yeah. Made a little glow-in-the-dark skull. That's what I did. Excellent. And he's back. He made it. I forgot to tell him how to not mute himself. Okay, so... Can you unmute yourself, John? John, if you go to the top, you will you see... See the little microphone? Yep. All right. There that should go. be good now. Back Excellent. to my regularly scheduled program. <laughs> I love being a dad, but I am going to love it when they're both more self-sufficient. Things like getting them to bed and having their teeth brushed and dealing with nighttime activities and stuff. I can't wait for that to sunset and it'll be things like I can just be the stern to go to bed right now. So, oh well. I love your idealism on that. Right? Yes. Right? It's so I, adorable. I keep, <laughs> hope, I keep hope alive. It lives yeah. right here. Right there. In Star Trek? In Star Trek, yes. Okay. <laughs> so, <laughs> uh, so yes. So, uh, uh, so Goodman Games, you know, does not have a um, as a as a few companies do. Some of them might have uh, writer or artist submission guidelines, that kind of thing. But Goodman Games doesn't have anything like that, and. Uh, so I, I just on a fluke, I uh, I wrote to uh, to Joseph Goodman, and uh, uh, just because I was writing to the website, basically, I went to the to the contact me info on the website, and that happened to go right up to the to the big man, and uh, and I said I I have this Call of Cthulhu idea, mm-hmm. um. If you're interested, and in, and I basically I outlined uh, Timeless Sands of India basically to him. At the time, it didn't have a title. It was uh, it was just this. I have this idea about where people go into the deserts of India, blah, right? And and uh-huh. and, there, and there and there's a storm, and, and I had this idea and stuff, and so I, I outlined that, and he said, "Yeah, let's uh, let's let's do this," and so it, it just began, you know, and and it was funny because. Most of the most of the writers that preceded me in in the Age of Cthulhu line are writers that also work uh, with Joseph very closely in his uh, Dungeon Crawl Classics line. Mm-hmm. And I th- and I don't know for sure, but I think these guys were. I think Joseph was probably talking to them, saying, "Hey, I I got this new license." Somebody, you guys, I need each of you guys to write something for it, right? And and so they're they're writing these things, but I I think they wanted to go back to uh, to Dungeon Crawl yeah, Classics, and so I wrote my first one, and and I 
being this naive puppy, I was like, I was like, I have another idea. Can, can I throw you another idea? And and so I said, <laughs> sure. And so I pitched him, you know, star all over the plateau of Lang. And so we started doing this. And and I'm and I start doing these ideas, and I'm like, like, how how is it that my stories are are queuing up, one after the other? I go, <laughs> where's everybody else? And <laughs> we're good on Dungeon Crawl Classics, but you stay you stay the course and keep going with Age of Cthulhu. I'm like, all right, so I I've been I've just been loving it though. It's it's been so much fun and 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 I uh I, I can't thank Joseph Goodman enough for, for giving me this opportunity. So I just hope that, that people are enjoying the scenarios and they're having a good time and and that uh you know at the end of the day um uh friends are able to get together and have a story, you know, that they all tell collectively, and mm-hmm. and walk away with uh, with memories that will last a lifetime. Absolutely, because a a good a good scenario that is written well, um, it will it will bring people closer together. So and and I mean, he, as you can see, I mean, just form form friendships that last. Shoot, how long have we been playing together, James? Oh God, like four or five years now. Yeah. <laughs> so, so definitely, definitely. Um, I mean, him and I, and Kim, and everybody else in the group, and definitely. Well, we even we even refer to uh, things that happen in the game as things that happened, like. Yeah. And the characters we play are people we know. That's awesome. That's yeah. awesome. Uh, oh, man. Yeah, but it, it happens. It happens. Um, yeah, so uh, let's see. Goodman-games.com and what what do these modules retail for? Uh, they vary. Uh, so we do try most of the Age of Cthulhu line uh, has a uh, twelve ninety nine. So uh, they they range between uh, ten and thirteen dollars for the most part. Uh, but that's for a uh, forty two to forty eight page uh, saddle stitch, which is you know the the, the stapled spine. Yes. Um, uh, but uh, Age of Cthulhu number eight, Starfall of the Plateau of Lang, as I noted earlier, it's a 64-page hardcover with a, the thick spine, um, and so that one is a $25 cover price book. Oh, and uh, it comes with the perforated handout page as well. It does. It does. So uh, that was one of the, uh, the little Kickstarter bonuses is... Uh, mm-hmm. Uh, Joseph, you know, talked to his uh, to his printer and said, "What kind of neat stuff can we do?" And so they were like, "Well, we can perforate these pages, so you can you can pop them out and use them as actual physical handouts." He says, "Let's do that." So, so they did that. That was pretty cool. Excellent. And so, as I'm going through each one and scrolling down, looking at the the price. So, so that is that is a very affordable price. Yeah, they're, I think they're very affordable, and and again, the the modules are engineered to be as uh, as self contained as possible. So, um, if your players don't have time to generate characters, or if they just want to step away and go, hey, let's take a let's 
you know, let's take a break from what we've been doing, even if it's still Call of Cthulhu, and and you've got your campaign of of characters that you're fully invested in, that you've you've dedicated time in creating and honing, and you know, not really leveling up, but but expanding yeah. their skill sets, you know, that kind yeah. of thing. Um, you can you can. You know, you can always get an Age of Cthulhu adventure and 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 integrate it into your campaign, and you know, ignore the uh, the pregens that come with it, and you know, have the pregens available as as NPCs or something, you know, anywhere down the line. But you can also have your Age of Cthulhu adventure as as a complete break and say, you know, let's you know, let's cool our brains with what's what's going on here. Let's pick up these pre-gen characters from this adventure and go into this. And and the thing I like about that is the uh, is the disposability of them. Um, you can go into this adventure, and if if as a player you're like, I, you know, I'm invested in the game. I'm invested in having this this experience with my friends and having a good time. But this character. <laughs> two-dimensional piece of paper character, he can stand into the line of fire just to try and open that door and see what's behind it. And and I feel like there can be a freedom, you know, in your game if 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 you use a character like that and say, I'm just gonna I'm just gonna push the limits. Because there yeah. are times, especially in Call of Cthulhu, oh, yes. when someone goes I'm not going to open that door. You open that door. I'm not going to do that. You know, I mean, I, I don't want to get the sanity blast. And uh, and so uh, hopefully, you know, with these uh, pregens, uh, if you are using it as a as a as a side uh, bit of game, you know, side fun and side game from what you're normally doing, you can push the limits and and take these characters and just go. Let's just see if they survive, and just yeah. just see what happens. You know. Yeah, I mean, because at any given time, I've got two, three on standby, you know? Sure. So, yeah. Sure, and you never know. You might end up playing one of these, and the guy might survive, and you go, this guy's awesome. Yeah. I'm going to start taking care of him, you know, and (laughs) and you can carry him forward into your next adventure. Excellent. Um, Yeah. So we're about ready to wrap up for the evening. Um, awesome. So, yeah. Um, thank, thank you again so much. And definitely don't forget to check out goodman-games.com. That's the URL. Yes. And and if I may, also, um, I, uh, I, I wanted to thank you for having me on your podcast. I had a great time. Um, uh, and I don't know if you were aware, I'm, I'm also a podcaster. Um, oh, where can we find your podcast? Uh, so, uh, I'm, I'm one of the, uh, co-hosts of the Miskatonic University podcast. Yes. Uh, we, uh, we talk about the Call of Cthulhu role-playing game. Uh, so you can find us at mu-podcast.com. Excellent. I will definitely be doing so. And we will have a link to your show on our on our uh, uh, page as well. Thank you, so Thank you so much. 
and uh, we're just going to wind up for the evening and thank you all for listening and you have a fantastic night. <laughs>